Hello! Welcome to this week's episode of Why Not Both, brought to you by Under the Radar Magazine and produced by Laura Studeris. My name is Pam Schaefer, and I'm your host. I'm a musician and therapist living in Los Angeles. Why Not Both is all about how our multiple passions inform our identity. And this week, we got to interview Bethany Costantino of Best Coast, which was so much fun. She's got a new album coming out, so I hope that you tune into that. We've got some links to it in the description of this podcast. If you like what you hear, please make sure to like us and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. You can also join us on social media. We are under WNB the podcast on Instagram as well as on Twitter. I really hope you enjoy this week's interview. And welcome to Why Not Both. <laughs> so Thanks. Yeah. I used to always ask like what do you do as my first question and then I was like I I should just start off with asking people like what's a better question to ask them what do you do? Cuz everyone asks that question. <laughs> um I don't god, I don't know. What's my want to ask me what my favorite meal at the Cheesecake Factory is? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> no one's ever asked me that before. I'd love to tell you. <laughs> What's your favorite meal at the Cheesecake Factory? Okay, so I have a trick. The uh-huh. Cheesecake Factory, here's the thing about Cheesecake Factory. It's not that good. It's just like fun to go there. It's, <laughs> it's more about like the experience. But the food the food is not that good and it's very expensive for like what it is. So yes. I have developed a trick in which you get the same amount of food as you would get if you ordered like a regular entree, but for half the price. And basically I ordered the side of macaroni and cheese and then the smallest Caesar salad. And it's, trust me, it's enough food and it's half the price. So there you go. <laughs> Budget tips from Best Coast. <laughs> oh my goodness. That is hilarious. Cause I'll never forget like growing up here, uh, going to the Cheesecake Factory the first time, because everyone like hypes up the Cheesecake Factory. And I was like, yeah, I was like, this feels like the Las Vegas of cheesecakes. Exactly. It's like, <laughs> it's not good, but there's something about the like, the ambiance and like the vibe. It's just like chain restaurants to me are very soothing. And yes. that one in particular is like, I just like, they're all, cause I think the thing about chains that's so soothing is that they're always the same. And it's like, there's just like stability in it. So when you go, you like know what to expect. So it's yes. like, you can go to a cheesecake factory anywhere in the United States and you just feel like I'm at the cheesecake factory. But I've like recently <laughs> realized like the food isn't good. I don't know why I, why I spend like $30 on a meal here. It's not worth it. So then my friend who's also very budget conscious, she's the one that told me about that. And then I was like, oh, wow, that's the literal number one trick to Cheesecake Factory is order the sides. Oh, my God. You're good to go. Basically, I should just (laughs) go with an entire box of lactate and just exactly just get wild. (laughs) Yeah. Get your probiotics and your digestive enzymes in and then hit hit the sides menu. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god that's genius until I was probably I, I would say in like my late 20s I definitely would just order off the kids menu everywhere because it was cheaper oh yeah and I was just yeah. like I can pull this off I'm five feet tall like people just think yeah. me I'm like a child with a hormone problem <laughs> like, uh, if I order I order the kids menu at the movies I just ask for the kids the kids meal and it's they've never told me no I'm like 
always like, I'm going to get the one like curmudgeon who's just like, you're not a child. But every time I'm like, can I get the kids menu? Like the kids meal? They're like, sure. What do you yep. like? What <laughs> do you want? I'm just like sick. <laughs> I kind of want to encounter that person that says you're not a child. So I can just look at them and I'm like, am I not? Yeah. You're like, <laughs> but I am though. <laughs> like hundred percent deadpan because who's going to question you? <laughs> yeah, it's true. So true. Be- Get that unhinged woman a child's meal just right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so now that everyone knows the life hacks of Cheesecake Factory, um, <laughs> it's funny because I'm so glad you launched like right into that because the whole conceit of the podcast is that everyone thinks that you should have this like one passion in life and that's like the only thing you do. And I was like, no, I want to start a podcast where we talk about the fact that we're all passionate about multiple things. <laughs> yeah. Like doing only one thing sounds so boring to me. I'm like, I don't, it's so funny that you say that because I feel like whenever people used to ask me like in interviews, like, well, what are your hobbies? Like, what do you like to do outside of music? I never had an answer. Like I was always just like, uh, uh, I don't know, like garden. And I never gardened. Like I literally never knew what to say (laughs) because I feel like (laughs) when your job is to be a musician, you're like, pretty much always doing music so it's like I I don't know how to answer that question and it's like I feel like I get excited to do things like this now because I'm like I have a lot of things I like and I have a lot of things I'm passionate about and a lot of things that I can talk about and one of the you know and and it's not gardening because guess what I've tried to garden and it just I always kill everything it doesn't work for me I somehow killed a lavender plant which apparently are very hardy and I was I was both like kind of proud of myself and also really sad because I was like I guess I'm just not that kind of witch I guess I'm just not (laughs) I was like like, I'm gonna get this and feel spiritually connected to the earth and then it was like your plant's dead and I was like well uh, yeah hmm." it's it's hard it's it's hard to keep yeah I'm the same way I like I have a lemon tree at my house and I'm somehow still like like seems pretty normal like a it's a massive tree it just grows from the ground but somehow I like look at it every day and I'm like this doesn't look right I think I'm not doing this right and then I'm like I think I'm just supposed to pick it and then I like bring the lemons inside and then they're like rotting on my counter and I'm just like Beth you need to figure out how to be in touch with nature (laughs) you're like shouldn't I be making these into some sort of like elaborate like jam I know I know and then I'm like should I do the master cleanse I'm like fuck that I don't want to do that like that's hilarious (laughs) I think I'm just gonna do the like classic neighborhood thing where I like put them in a basket and like put it outside and say like freeze so that my neighbors can just like yeah or like for Christmas show up and just be like hi everybody here's your gift (laughs) it's like a bag of lemons so aside from like definitely not gardening what have you been up to (laughs) I have just been well you know we're getting ready to like put a record out next year Mm -hmm. and tour and all that so I'm kind of like I've been pretty busy like work-wise but I've been doing a lot of I mean I basically when I'm not touring I work from home so I've just been I just bought a house like a couple a couple months ago. I bought a new house and I'm Yay. like really thank you. I'm like settling into that and I've been doing a lot of like not necessarily home renovations, but like I've been doing a lot of like I go to home goods constantly and I'm mm-hmm. just like, oh, that'll look good in my house. And so I've been doing a lot of like redecorating and getting very into like interior design and following like interior design people on Instagram and been like I've been <laughs> getting really into that. Well, that's that so much fun to get to, like... personality. 
Yeah, it does yeah, all it's space. Cool. That's so wonderful. Mm-hmm. No, it's it's really cool. And I also like I've I've lived in a, a bunch of different houses within the last ten years, but like this house that I just bought feels very me. Like I feel like all the other houses I had were very like just nothing really ever felt like it matched my like energy mm-hmm. and and me as a person. And this house is very like it's very modest. It's very small. It's like old. It's an old house, but they definitely like came in and like redid certain things but it's but it has like a soul and a personality so I've been really into my house and really into like I have a front porch and I like went out and bought like Christmas decorations and like put them up and um I'm also very into estate sales I go to like a lot of estate sales and I'm always dude I'm on like an email list I'm like full-blown like I go to the, the, there's this couple that does these estate sales and I'm on their email list. And my, one of my oh, best friends and I, like, we God. always go and they, they like see it. They're like, girls, you're back. We're like, here we are. Like, <laughs> I literally like put my hands together, like, like Mr. Burns. I was like, oh my yeah, God, it's this the, is so exciting. It's the best. <laughs> when I was a kid, my mom, when I was a kid, my mom used to take me to estate sales. And I remember like when I found out what an estate sale was, I was like, oh, this is scary. Like I didn't like the idea of being in someone's home who had recently passed away and like buying their things. I was like, mom, why would you take me here? This is so freaky. (laughs) And now it's like, I wake up like on Saturday, this past Saturday, I was up at like 8 a.m. in the car on my way to an estate sale. And I was like, if you had told me this at 20, you know, 24 years old, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The, you know, when you turn 33, you're going to start going to estate sales at 8 a.m. I would have been like, you're insane. I'm never <laughs> doing that. And now it's like, I get the most, I get the sickest stuff out of estate sales. Seriously. I like, and having a new house, it's like, I've just been slowly kind of like, and it's not like I'm buying massive furniture or anything. Right. I'm buying a lot of like sort of like cute little knickknacky thing or art. Or I just bought this. Um, I bought this like really cool like. <laughs> this is like to show you that I'm like fully leaning into that portion of my age where I'm just like, I'm just and you know like a normal lady now. Like I yep. bought like a bundle of sticks and a vase <laughs> and like put the sticks in a vase. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the woman at the the woman at the estate sale was like she kept she she sort of pushed the sticks on me because she's I found like these, these are like, for you <laughs> yeah she was like I found this other thing that was like a little milk carton like a glass milk milk container that had had these other sort of sticks in it and I was like uh-huh. oh this is really cute I would have put this on my dresser and she's like oh you like those follow me and then she takes me into this other like secret part of the the house and she's like here take this like I'll give it, I'll give you this bundle of sticks and that bundle of sticks for $3. I was like, I can't pass that up. I was just like, I'm literally my mom. Like my mom used to have bundles of sticks and vases when I was a kid. And I'm just like, all right, this is who I am now. Like I just have <laughs> You're stepping in the into your power my... <laughs> as a woman in her thirties with bundles of sticks. And boxes. <laughs> Listen, I'm happy to be here. It feels nice to just get a bunch of sticks for three bucks and to spend not a lot of money at the Cheesecake Factory. I'm just like, fuck it, man. I'm living my life. <laughs> living your best life. No, that is amazing. Exactly. I was actually going to ask you what your favorite stuff was. Cause like, I think that people, <clears throat> in a way when you were saying like, that's really freaky going to estate sales. I was like, I actually like kind of when you, wow, that was going to sound so woo woo LA. Um, <laughs> like when you're in a place where someone clearly has had their treasured objects 
and they're home. Mm-hmm. And they have everything set up. If you're feeling the same energy where you're like, oh, yeah. I would really like this vase or this end table or like whatever the object yeah. is. I think that's really lovely that then like you can transfer it to you and then you put your energy no, in your home and you I enjoy agree. it. And so, I agree with you. I think it's really, I think when I was a kid, it just sounded really freaky. And I think now it's like, there's something really like, yeah, I'm going to sound woo woo LA too. It's like, there's something really like beautiful and spiritual about that. And like going in and just clearing out this person's home and like finding the items that you like. And a lot of times too, like, because some of these estates I go to are so next level, like these houses are massive and they're right. decorated so crazy. And you're just like, what the hell? And it's so, <laughs> it's like cool to like, okay, so this is a, I went to a really cool estate sale, like, a, I don't know, probably six months ago. That was this, the woman that wrote the love boat. Oh my she, God. Yeah. And she was like an astrologer <gasps> and she lived in Glendale, which is where I live and where I grew up. And mm-hmm. so I like was so stoked to go to this like old seventies, like mid-century, like Glendale mansion. And so oh she had God. all these astrology books and like, so for me, that was really cool because that's the sort of shit that I'm into. So it was really cool to like go to this woman's house and like look through all her books and she had written like notes in the books. And oh, wow. And um, yeah, it's really fucking cool. Like as a kid, buying a dead person stuff seems really scary. As a <laughs> woman in my 30s who like wants to put sticks in the corner, I'm like, this is the coolest shit ever. <laughs> I feel like we've ascended because I remember as a teenager, like going to, I don't know if you ever went to Hidden Treasures in Topanga, but that yes. was like, that was the first vintage store I think that I ever went to. And I remember my mom yeah. saying to me, those are probably dead people's things. And even at 14, I was like, well, I guess that's cool. Like I was like, yeah. now, now they're my things. And now like, as yeah. one of my things, I'm like, yes, our power, it grows. It's, it's true. <laughs> it's so true. And just another tip, another budget tip because I'm like the queen, I'm like obsessed with savings. Um, if you go, usually estate sales are two days. If you go mm-hmm. the second day, everything is half off. And oh yeah, because like, they want to get rid of everything. They just want to get rid of it. And it's like, a lot of times you go on the second day and it's like, there's there's still really good stuff, but it's like every, a lot of the, the like the best shit has been taken already. But you go on the second day and it's like, my friend just got this couch that's like this old, like, I don't even know how to explain it or what style it is, but it's covered in like dogs and it's like so <laughs> cool. And they gave, they sold it to her for $25. I'm literally looking and at I was my like, fainting couch I got for 20 bucks at an estate sale. And I'm like, I feel yeah. you. I'm like, <laughs> I, like she, she was like, I don't know what I'm going to do with this couch. I was like, you can't say no, it's $25. It's, it's a $25 dog couch. It's $25. You figure out what to do with it. You you buy the twenty five dollar half off estate sale couch. There's no question. Well, and also so, like with stuff like that, you say yes, and then you figure it out later. Like that's kind of exactly, my theory in life: exactly. is when someone presents you with an opportunity, you say yes, and then you're like, yeah, I'm gonna sort out you how to do out it. How to make it work? <laughs> totally, totally. Everything always works out in the end, the way that it's supposed to. So yeah, you buy the couch, you figure it out. <laughs> that is so funny. I'm like, I'm I'm so excited for you that you get your own home because especially with traveling and touring and living in different places, like I think yeah. people underestimate how disorienting that is. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's yeah, it's it's really intense. And it's like I'm very, I feel very lucky that I was able to get this house and get it set up, you know, for the most part. There's still a there's some things I would like to do, but I can do them later. Um 
to, to get it set up so that when I leave next year, because I'm probably, I would say 2020, I'll probably spend the majority of the time touring um, mm-hmm. with, you know, small periods of being home in between. But it's nice that I got it set up as much as I, as much as I could so that I have a home base that I feel comfortable in so that when I do get off of tour, I can come home and be like, oh, yeah, here I am in my stuff in a house that actually I feel very connected to. And um, yeah, it's like, it's just really, it's just really, really cool to like also care a lot about my house. Because as I said, like I've, I've owned other homes before and I've, I've had other houses, but I feel like I was just never really in a place where I cared that much about what it looked like, or Mm -hmm. I didn't really like, I didn't necessarily have an aesthetic or a style that I wanted. And so I would just kind of like, buy random things and put them in places and I think with this house it's like I have a vision for it and so working on my house has been really cool and it's also like really empowering to look around and be like I fucking worked so hard for this house yeah I worked so hard for everything in it and I'm like been through a lot and I'm really proud of myself that I can like sit in my little kitchen nook with the sunshine and my cup of coffee and just be like you did this (laughs) exactly it's cool Listening to the songs on it, a lot of it sounded like you almost kind of like writing that reality into being. Like you're like, all right, I'm going to write these songs about what this reality is. Yeah. Gonna be. And then you crafted that reality. And I was like, that's cool that you were able to kind of dump. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. That's really cool. You picked up on that. I, I literally like the the lead single off the record, Everything Has Changed, which, you know, by the time this comes out, will have already been out, but it's not out yet. Um we like when I wrote that song like I wrote it about a life that I didn't have yet and literally nothing in my life had changed I everything was the same like Groundhog's Day every fucking day but I wrote this song that I was like this is what I want my life to look like one day and hopefully it does and I didn't even like sit down and and do that I wasn't even like oh I'm gonna write a song about what I want life to look like it was just Mm -hmm. like it just came out of me naturally and looking back on it now because that song is also like probably like three years old I wrote it a while ago and Mm -hmm. looking back on it now I I listen to the lyrics and I I see it and I'm just like dude I'm a witch like I fully (laughs) made that happen like I fully like I read the secret I made it happen I just like I really feel like the last several years of my life have been all about me getting in tune with myself and just Mm -hmm. learning that like what I used to think was so cheesy when people would say like you say it enough times it just happens or you know what you put into the universe you get back I used to roll my eyes so hard at that it's like Mm -hmm. I really believe in that stuff now because I see myself as a prime example of like that shit works because my life a few years ago looked nothing like it looks like now and I think I'm a really, a really, like, good example of what, what can happen when you really, really just work on yourself. So aside from, like, working on my home, I've also been heavily working on myself and just, like, <clears throat> really tending to myself mm-hmm. in a way mm-hmm. in which I didn't know how to do, um, uh, you know, up until a few years ago. So it just, it does, I think that's also part of why this house to me feels really like why I feel very connected to it because I'm like, this is the first home I've ever lived in where I was in a really good place, like mentally, physically, spiritually, like all that stuff, you know? Yeah. So it it's sounds really like cool. it's like, it sounds like it's almost like mirroring your internal process that like this house is kind totally. of like showing, Oh, this is what you did over the last few years internally. And now you can see it externalized. So then also when you're home yeah. on tour, you can be reminded of like, Oh yeah, this is who I am. This is what I built. Like totally, totally. That's, yeah. That's really cool because especially I was thinking about 
there were several other female artists that I've interviewed where it's all about kind of taking control of your own narrative instead of the narrative that uh -huh. other people are writing for you. Totally. And yeah. it sounds like you were like, okay, no, like I'm, I'm steering the ship now. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, I think a lot of that too has to do with the fact that like, I started this band, I was 22 years old when I started this band. And I was just like, I didn't know this band was going to be a thing. I didn't know this band would afford me to be able to like own a home ever. Like I had no idea. Like I was just like, I'm just like throwing shit out there and seeing what, what sticks and it, mm -hmm. and it stuck. And I think like when you, when you go from like just being a, like a, a very confused, very angsty, like young girl who's writing music, who all of a sudden is like transported into this, lifestyle of like you're on the road all the time you're doing late night television you're being interviewed your relationship is in the public eye like people know your cat's name like it was just so much shit that I was like what the hell like where what like <laughs> right. where did this come from you know and there's no and like manual had... for how to deal with it you're just like Ugh. exactly exactly like I had no idea how to just like settle into that portion of my life and so I think I I spent a lot of time trying to just like run away from it and so I think I always had this attitude of like, I don't give a shit what you think about me, but I actually care so deeply. Right. And I think now, like, I've just, I think a lot of it comes with age as well. Like I'm 33 now. I really don't care what you think of me. Like I'm, I'm happy with myself. I like work incredibly hard on myself, but I also think it's like, I just, I also like, I, I feel like I've finally, I finally just feel like I fit in with myself if that mm, makes any sense like I feel like does. for a long time I just was I was always searching to like fit in what I wanted other people to like I want I was an approval seeker I wanted everybody to tell me how great I was because I didn't know how to tell myself and now mm -hmm. I think I'm finally in a place where I'm just like I like myself and I like the the, the things that I've accomplished and I can look at the last 10 years of my life and be like holy shit that was a lot and that was also <laughs> a lot for a person that's a lot for anybody, but especially a person who is dealing with like, you know, addiction issues and dealing yeah. with mental health stuff and dealing with just like her whole life flipping overnight is what it felt like, you know? So it's like, yeah, I do very much feel like I've reached a place where I'm just like, this is who I am. I'm not going to hide it. And I'm comfortable being this person and I'm comfortable like making a record that just like says the truth I've always been an artist that tells the truth but I think this record really tells the truth in a different way than I ever have before and kudos so, to you I'm for talking about yay mm -hmm. I was like first I want to applaud Thanks. that I was like I want to clap but <laughs> I'm also you. like will it make the sound clip I'm gonna clap like <laughs> imagine this is loud <laughs> I want to commend you for that and also for talking about mental health and addiction issues because I think that within the music community like we're almost encouraged to be like yep. unhinged and unwell mm -hmm. and I think that it's mm -hmm. to our detriment and I think that everyone talks out about oh my gosh like I can't believe we lost another artist and it's like well yeah, yeah. it's because you want us to somehow produce a lot of work while being literally yeah. like unwell Mhm. Mm yeah. I mean, yes, it's very, it, it's, it's really messed up. You know, I think it's like, 
I think it's also like for me, I didn't really ever think I had a problem. I mean, I knew I was really anxious. I knew I drank too much. I knew I like partied way too hard, but I was always just kind of like, whatever, I'm in my twenties is what people do. And then it was kind of like, I, I sort of like had a moment where I like pulled, pulled back the lens a little and like looked mm -hmm. at it and was like, no, this is not what people do. And this is not the way I'm supposed to feel. And this is not yeah. the way I want to feel. And I think it's like, <clears throat> it's hard because it's like you said, it's like, there's so much expected of artists and there's, there's this lifestyle in which you literally never stop. And it's right. like, if you stop, then you have to deal with the idea that like, you may go away. People may stop caring about you. People may move on to the next artist that sort of sounds like you or the next big thing, you know? And it's like, I struggled with that really hard because I, I almost feel like, again, here I go being very LA woo woo. Like, I feel like the universe <laughs> forced me to stop and was like, you are going to take a five year break and you're not even going to like intend to do it. It's just going to happen because mm -hmm. I was just mm -hmm. nonstop going, 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 going. And I developed a lot of really bad habits during that time and a lot of bad, um, coping mechanisms. Yeah. <clears throat> and I think like, truly, truly, like the universe was just like, no, you, you like it, like it took away my ability to write music. It was just like, you're going to go through some shit and you're going to come out of it on the other side and you just have to trust the process. And I think looking back on it now, I'm just like, it's incredible that I, that I did that. And like that people still care because you have oh. to really think about the industry that we live in now. It's just like, music is so different than it was when I started. And it's like, so much comes out. There's so many artists. There's so much available to us, like at any given moment. And so I just feel really lucky that like I was able to step away for five years and like do what I needed to do and that I'm coming back and that people are like, oh, we're excited for you to be yeah. back. And we're excited to hear what you have to say. And we're excited to talk to you about your estate sales and all this. <laughs> things. You know, it's like... I feel very privileged and like very, very, very grateful that I was able to like carve out a space for myself in this industry that like that, that allowed me to be this outspoken person. And it allowed me to like really get to know myself, you know? Yeah. And I, I just was in a, a work meeting the other day and I said to somebody, I said like, listen, like for the first time in my life, I finally feel like I deserve to be here. And I think for, I think for a long time, like I felt sort of like, oh, I just got lucky. I don't really know why anyone likes my music. And now I look at it and I'm like, I deserve to be here. I worked really hard at this and mm -hmm. I make music, I make music sort of for like the outcast and the outsider. And there's a lot of fucking outcasts and outsiders in the world, you know? So I, I do really just feel like I have started a new chapter of my life and I'm very excited to like share it with the world. And, um, yeah, I'm just like happy to be like where I'm at today. It just feels really nice. And I love that you're able to like value what you're doing. Cause I think about what you just said about how, like, there's so many artists and there's so much out there. Like, mm -hmm. cause I, I didn't realize it was funny. I was like, I'm going to Google Bethany before interviewing her. I didn't know that you were in Pocahontas that I used to like, yeah. play. like I was like, I was like, I remember like when you were playing in Pocahontas, like back in that kind of like era of the LA music scene, there were shows like 
every night, multiple shows, and you'd, yeah. you'd end up going to like multiple shows around Echo Park, and like you'd be like, oh, I'm gonna go mm-hmm. to Prayer Space, and I'm gonna go to the Echo, then I'm gonna go to the Echo Curio, then I'm gonna like at some point mm-hmm. collapse and eat a burrito at Taco Zone. Yeah. <laughs> and like, and it's like you're always bouncing around, but now it's almost like the entire world is that where you could go to a million shows virtually essentially by being like, oh, I'm going to listen to this playlist. Oh, I'm going to hop on this person's Insta. Oh, I'm going to like, and like, it's almost like so saturated now that people people must kind of take it for granted. And so I'm glad that people are paying attention to what you're doing because I feel like, yeah, it's encouraged this like bouncing aroundness on a grand scale that it's, it's almost baffling to me that I'm like, how have we thrown this much information at ourselves? Are we supposed to be able to process this much information? <laughs> it's, it's so, it's so crazy. It's like, really, I just, I get overwhelmed all the time. Like, even just for me, like, you know, like I was talking about how when I'm not on tour, I'm like working from home. And what I mean yeah. by that is like, I'm opening my computer and I have like 40 emails from like manager, publicist, label, like all these people being like, you know, like, Hey, approve this thing. Hey, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, I can barely even get through that. And then I think about like the amount of content that's being thrown at me. Like TV, honestly, like I got to say like the TV show thing, that is what, that's where I'm just like, dude, we got to stop making TV shows. Like there's too many. (laughs) Every person I know is like, have you watched this yet? Have you watched that? Oh, new season of this is out. I'm like, when am I supposed to do that? I don't have time. Like it's, so intense yes and now that we have all the different streaming things where it's like now like everything has a new streaming thing and after a while I'm like like, do we all have to band together in some sort of like polyamorous streaming password sharing crew I know it's just like (laughs) it's so crazy like everybody's just like yeah and I I mean like I, I think it's great because I do think like a lot of wonderful art is being created like I'm I'm there's a lot of trash, but there's also a lot of really good stuff coming out, <laughs> not just, not just in TV, but films and, you know, writing and, and music. Like there's so much good stuff. And I feel like the decade in which we're living is especially given the current state of like the political climate. Like, I think it's really making people want to create yes. because the world does at times feel very hopeless. And it sort of does feel sometimes like, well, the world is burning. What does it matter? But then at the same time, it's like, let's just keep fucking putting good shit out and doing good stuff because there is at times, I mean, at least I know for myself, I can speak for myself. Like I do feel a glimmer of hope, like 90% of the time. I do think like, yes, the world is so scary right now, but there's also like so much good that continues to happen. And I do feel like people are really like activated, not just politically, but also creatively within within this time. So it's really cool to see how much shit is being churned out. But at the same time, as a person who like can really only handle like five things a day, like I'm just (laughs) like, oh my God, how am I supposed to watch the second season of Fleabag when I'm also trying to watch Killing Eve and I'm also trying to watch like Succession and I'm all, it's just like, whoa. You're like, and oh my answer God. answer my emails and go to my estate sales. I'm just like, <laughs> how do I do it all? <laughs> I mean, my only life hack is that I have a whiteboard. That's like literally, <gasps> if I didn't have my whiteboard, That's so smart. I like wouldn't know what I was doing. I think that like externalizing a to-do list or at least like kind of a bullet point of big goals that way, because trying to hold it all in your head, my head's like, I'm sorry, oh, no. I'm like it a doesn't... leaky pasta strainer. It's going to exactly. like. <laughs> it's, it's 100%. Yeah. It's like, and that's the way I used to navigate life always. Like I would just wake up and be like, okay, like I have to do this today. I have to do this today. And like, none of it would get done. 
Uh-huh. And now I'm like, I'm, I'm still working on like, cause there are some days where I wake up and I'm like, Oh, just remember you have to do that. But when I make lists for myself, that's when shit actually gets done, you know? Exactly. And I think it's like, that is just in, in, in going with the idea of what I was saying that like, there is so much content. It's like, that is also partially the thing that does give me that glimmer of hope 90% of the time, because yes. you see a lot of the stuff that's coming out. And a lot of it is like really great. And it's being made by like, people that need to be telling their stories. And I just feel like we're in a weird pivotal moment in history where like, it's been really bad and it could continue to be really bad. But I also feel like people are sort of like waking up in this way where it's like, hi, I have something to say. I'm going to say it and I'm not going to apologize. I mean, you look at like the biggest art, the biggest names in like pop music right Mm -hmm. now. And you're just like, that says it for it. That speaks for itself. Like a 17 year old, with that wears crazy clothes with green hair you know like is the biggest pop star in the world and you see that and you're just like this is amazing like yeah you're like I think the world places like I agree exactly it's like the world feels like a dumpster fire but you look at (laughs) you look at culture and you look at art and you look at what's happening in that regard and you're like wow we're making progress it's really cool well and I feel like what you said it's so interesting that you tied together like hope and also art and creation because I think that honestly it would be hopeless if people weren't creating art is how I see it where it's like if people were just defeated in a way and like not putting anything out that's when I would like really start no totally it's almost like it's like as long as you have gallows humor about things like you're still not dead yeah and so yeah totally and so true and seeing like, I agree with you, seeing the art that's becoming popular and is becoming kind of like almost like global mass media, it does give me faith in kind of what's going to happen. Because I was like, okay, things are cyclical. That means that like, if things are really bad, yeah, they might hit like rock bottom, but then they have to yeah. cycle back to good again. It's kind of it's like, so true. you have to, things come in cycles. And so yeah, whenever I think absolutely. that way, I'm like, okay, I'm like, you just got to ride out the bad parts and accept that they're there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cruise back in it's like I know yeah I find like laws of physics very comforting like that matter and energy are constant <laughs> I'm like all right it's either going to be matter or energy like you're not going to lose any they just might shift forward yeah <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> things that calm my anxiety laws of physics <laughs> <laughs> whatever works whatever works oh my goodness yeah like That was funny what you said about like all the different TV. And I feel like also that people sometimes trivialize TV culture and even music culture sometimes. Like people sometimes trivialize interest in the arts despite the fact that I I don't think people would like the world very much without them. No, totally. Well, I think it's also like, you know, it's so interesting because I think now that streaming is such a thing, there were always those people that were like, kill your television and like, very anti-media in that way and it's like this idea of streaming and the way in which television and network television especially has changed has like really opened it up to a lot of like intellectual thinkers and people that steered clear of tv for a long time because they felt like it was that you know that very like I mean I've never been one of those people like I've literally was raised by television like my family (laughs) ate dinner in front of the tv so I've always been like I love tv It's, it's the best But it's really cool to see like what these platforms are doing and the people, like I said, the people that they're giving 
voices to and the mm-hmm. stories that they're telling. And it's cool because there's literally something out there for everyone now. There, there really is. Like my dad the other day was talking about, he asked me, he's like, have you watched Fleabag? I was like, yeah, I love it. Did you watch it? And he's like, no, I was thinking of it. And I was like, I don't think you'll like it, but maybe give it a shot. Like, I don't know. You know, it's like, it's, it's just really cool that there's a lot of people that are like interested in exploring the culture and the art that's being created right now, because it is like a show like Fleabag is like, basically it's a mainstream show now. And it's a story that like a lot of people would be like, what? Like if that, you you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying, but it's like, I was going to say, I like, I can't spoil it just in case someone listening hasn't watched it, but I'm like, Oh my (laughs) God, the second season. I mean, the first season was great. So good. Second season. I was like, so good. So good. (laughs) I know. So good. So good. But, um, but yeah, to, to, to what you were saying, it's like, it's so true. It's like, I feel like when Trump became president, I think we all kind of had a fear of like, what the fuck is going to happen? And also like, are people just going to become so defeated that they just stop making art? And I remember like when he got elected, like somebody, some person tweeted something at me and was like, whatever, like, you know, people make the best art in times like this. Like, remember when Bush was president and I'm like, I don't want to think about that right now. Like, how could you even, like, how could you try to find a glimmer of hope in this? Right, there's, there's, right. There isn't one, you know? But looking back on it, I'm like, a lot of bad things happen. A lot of, like, bigotry and horrible shit was exposed. But it's also, like, you look at the art that has been created and the people who have catapulted to the top in terms of, of art and culture. And it's just, like, it is so sick to see what America has done with this, horrible dumpster fire we were presented with in terms of right. art and culture like you you can't argue it it's been really incredible to watch well and I feel like I mean it's it's interesting that you say that because I was thinking about I was trying to explain to <laughs> last I was in Reykjavik uh my friends were like so can you explain your country to us and I was like Haha, no <laughs> I, was yeah. like, I wish um yeah I feel like the political situation has revealed kind of like the deep fractures in the country, but also it's like, well, once you reveal what the problem is, that's the only way to start solving it through, I think, like art and communication and through knowledge, like that's how things are going to get mended. And so I'm really glad that people are creating things and speaking out (laughs) because if something's like kind of subterranean and unspoken, you're like, is it a problem? And now looking at it, you're like, exactly. It's a big problem. It is a problem that is a trash can on fire, rolling down a hill. Watch out for the (laughs) trash can. (laughs) Totally. Totally. Yeah. And so, yeah. Yeah. As long as we, I'm just, I'm like doing that cheesy mom thing where I'm like, if we can survive this, we can survive anything. And then you look back on history and you're like, we've survived a lot of horrible things so you know it's like (laughs) so it's like that's really where I try to that's where I try to see it and I just try to see like yeah it's bad but it's also like I said I try to like for me it's like the thing in which I've learned to sort of help me just in life in general is to like to sort of like always find the good in any situation and sure there's not good in every situation but it's like for me, the thing that I've focused on the most throughout this whole like Trump being president and all of this shit that's like happened in the world since then is, is like I said, the art and the culture and the things that have happened through that. And because of that, 
and the people that is really put like right in the forefront of just what we're doing like that's where I see it and I'm just like I'm just stoked on how much good shit has happened like in terms of media and things like that so and and it seems um, like you also like chose to kind of put on your own oxygen mask in a way where it's like put on your own and then help other people it sounds like you're like absolutely you're like well shit's really hit the fan so I'm gonna take care of myself (laughs) exactly oh my god (laughs) seriously like I feel like when no, totally. Like, and, and I think that was something I neglected for a really long time. Like, it's like I was saying, I was always a little bit afraid that if I stopped, people would stop caring and the next best thing would come along and the next, you know, the next, like, I, I don't know, like, it's just like, there's just so much stuff happening all the time that I was like, why would anybody stick around for me if there was just somebody else that came along and did something similar, you know? So I think, mm-hmm. honestly, like, Trump becoming president was really like, that was really, I feel like for me, when I really started to hit a real emotional rock bottom, because I was just like, I couldn't believe what had happened. And I was just so, it just really like exposed so much bad and like brought up a lot of really triggering things, especially for women. Like it was just so intense. And I feel like it was so hard to really get through that. And I think that that really was like a pivotal moment for me where I was just like, okay, what can I do outside of music? And that was really where it did become a thing where it was like, put your oxygen mask on and like go to yoga and like, you know, go to protests and do the things that like you need to do as just a human being. And like your music needs to be secondary right now. And like it, it it was scary to do that and to push the pause button and just be like, Mm -hmm, I have to take mm -hmm. care of myself. But at the end of the day, it's like, I'm worth nothing if I'm not healthy or sane. Like, and that's the sad thing is that they really churn so many artists just to the bone. And that's yes. how we lose people because yes. they don't, they don't see you, they don't see you as humans. And they don't say like, you look like you could use a break, like, you know, go on a vacation. Like no one in the history of the music industry has <laughs> ever said that. Right. Or they'll, or they'll malign like, you for looking tired and you're like, really? Exactly. Really? Like, or it's like, oh wait, you're going on a vacation. By the way, there's a radio station where you're going. I think we might be able to schedule something. It's like, you need to fuck off and let me live my life. And exactly. that's basically what I told everybody. I basically told everyone, fuck off, let me live my life. And everybody was like, okay, you're scary. We're not going to, we're not going to push. <laughs> Well, and and the fact that like, I'm so proud of you for standing up for yourself, but also the fact that you had to stand up for yourself just to be a person outside of music. I'm like, I know it's it's sad. Like that's endemic of what it does that it's like, and yeah. And when you were talking also about like, wow, I have like four thoughts just collided in my head. Um, (laughs) I'm like one forming an identity outside of your art. Cause otherwise, how are you going to make art? Um, And then two, like, balancing kind of consumption of other media and then creation of media because I think it's really interesting that you took off like several years and that like essentially it sounds like the universe was like this is the time for you to not write music this is the time for you Mm -hmm. to learn about yourself and maybe consume some yeah 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 I mean yeah that is pretty much what happened I mean I really just sort of became an on like I I was kind of just like an onlooker for a little bit and I like paid attention to like you know music for the first time like in a very different way because the other thing too is for me like when I was in the middle of my like you know the whirlwind of my career taking off like I didn't really it was very hard for me to like listen to other artists that were sort of like within the same 
um, ballpark as me. Like it was Mm -hmm. hard for me to like listen to some of my peers because I was always comparing myself and always asking like, why don't I get asked to play those festivals? Why don't I play venues that big? Like it was always a compare of comparing sort of situation. So at the time I was just, I sort of tried to not engage because I was just always finding ways to like put myself down via somebody Mm. else's success. And when I kind of took that break and sort of just forced myself to be just like a fan of things for a while, like it was really, really cool. Like it was really cool for me to just like, to know that like whatever, I mean, at the time I didn't know that it was happening for a reason. I just think I I was like, I'm cursed. I'm never going to write music again. In hindsight, I look back and I'm like, girl, you needed to fucking chill out. You know, (laughs) I think about some of the, I think about some of the, the, artists and the music and the the books and the television shows and the movies and things that I like engaged with during that time and I'm like it's really cool that I was able to do that and not really criticize myself through that I was able to just look at people's work and be like good for them this is rad you know what would be really cool to like maybe try to write a song that sounds like that or I'm really inspired by this person's book of poetry maybe I should try to write poetry I wrote poetry in college, like maybe I should yeah. try again. Like it, it became or sort of this thing for me where it started to like influence me and inspire me as opposed to what it used to do, which was, would literally like, I would turn it back on myself and be like, you're a failure. This person's Aww. better than you, you know? So, um, it sounds like a return to like inspiration and kind of doing things just for the joy of doing things, because it is so totally. easy to compare yourself to other artists, like, totally. especially because yeah. everything is yeah. in your face. Like, <laughs> exactly. Especially now. Trust me. Yes. Especially now. It's like, it's, it's really intense now too, because it's like songs come out and they go to number one and then they, and then they're on SNL and they're doing these things. And I'm like, that's, you know, oh, okay. I've never gotten to do that. But at the same time, it's like, I've gotten to do a shit ton of stuff and I'm really proud of myself. And I'm really excited that, like I said, I was able to like, take a step back. I mean, I don't, I don't feel like I ever fully went away cause I was still busy doing things and I was still very much like out there and, and engaging with people. Um, and I think it was also too, like my, my platform sort of, sort of shifted and mm. I started to become more of like a political advocate and a women's rights advocate. And right. I started to sort of like explore these different paths that I did when I was, when I was, you know, putting records out and stuff. But at the same time, like I couldn't really give it my whole my whole focus, full focused attention. Right. So it was really cool when I was able to just sort of like step back and the daily show was like, Hey, do you want to come on and talk about sexism in the music industry? I was like, actually I can do that because I'm home right now. And I can actually go yes. out there and give you my full attention and, and talk about these topics. And, you know, when billboard was like, do you want to write a think piece about it? I was like, sure, actually I can do that. Cause I'm not busy right now. Like it was actually just really cool for me to like dip my toe into a different pool and to, to like establish myself as an artist who also has a voice in, in um, things that exist outside of music. Cause I think at the end of the day, like I want to establish myself as a person who like people look at and think like, I care about what she has to say and she's smart and she's um, confident and she's not just like her music. Cause I think for a long time, I feel like I only was my music. And I think now I've really tried to like, to like, grow and expand in this way where I'm like, I have a lot more to say. And I really think that taking that break was necessary in sort of developing that, that side of myself. So again, it's like that thing where I'm like, I didn't know it at the time, 
but I look at it in hindsight now and I'm like, wow, that really happened to me for a reason. Like I really just needed to like hit reset and like change Mm -hmm. things up a little bit. And I'm just really very grateful that I'm still around at the dawning of a new decade. You know, it's really, really cool for me to think about like, wow, I've been doing this for 10 years (laughs) and I'm about to start a new decade with a new record and a new tour and new things to say and a fresh perspective from, you know, on my own life and the world in general. And it's just like really, really, really cool. I was like, and that's magical that it ties into also something much bigger than yourself in advocating for other people. Cause I love that you Mm -hmm. were like, it sounds like for a while it was almost impossible to escape from. And I relate to that for sure. Like almost that self-focus of like, is my art good enough? Why do people like this? Are they going to like someone better than me? And it sounds like by turning away from that and being able to advocate not just for yourself, but for other women in the music industry, which is like in a lot of ways, reflections of other industries as well. Um, yeah, totally. I was like, that is awesome. I'm like, I, you <laughs> know, it sounds almost like by tuning into what was going on in a broader scope, then you were able to create the album that you're going into the new decade in. And I'm like, that's totally. right. Yeah. <laughs> <I was like, laughs> yeah. It's like, it's, it's, it's also like, I see it very much like magic. Like it just all happened exactly how it was supposed to. And it was like, I made certain moves and I went, I went in certain directions and they led me exactly back to where I needed to be at the exact right time. Cause honestly, like this record wouldn't be what it is. It wouldn't have the message it has if I had made it four years ago when they wanted me to, when I got off the cycle of the last record, you know, it's like, it wouldn't have been the same thing. It needed to happen exactly the way it happened. And I do feel like within that time of advocating for other people, like it, it really taught me a lot about myself too. And that Mm -hmm. wasn't why Mm -hmm. I did it. It wasn't like, I was like, I need to go on a, you know, uh, I need to go on a journey of self via doing these other things. It was like, (laughs) as I was doing those things, it was exposing things about myself to myself. Like while I was in the middle of those kind of intense conversations. And it was also helping me realize like, what, how can I be better? And what can I do to like, to sort of like, change these issues how can I like help you know and so I think it it taught me a lot about myself to just take that step away and really just like reevaluate life my industry myself my creative process what other people are doing out there how other people are dealing with the dumpster fire that was (laughs) the last you know four years and so yeah it's been a it's been a it's been a fucking journey and I'm just really happy to be like you know and I won't say to be at the end of it because I know it's like that's life it's just gonna right it's just gonna to keep going and, <laughs> yeah it's just gonna keep happening until it stops happening but I feel like I've reached a place where I'm like I'm cool with that like it's I think about death sometimes and it scares the shit out of me but at this at the end of the day it's also like I've done a lot of really rad stuff and I continue to do rad stuff every day And I live every single day, like, am I doing exactly what I want to do today? And the answer for the most part is usually yes. And that's really all I can do. And that's all any of us can do, you know? And that's amazing to be grateful for that. Because when you said like, you know, it's going to keep going until it stops. I was just like, yeah, "Yeah, right now you get to be matter and you get to put out energy. And then later, maybe it'll be energy that turns back into matter. And I'm like, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You're killing it. And I was wondering, like, Thank you. I guess, I guess like as a closing question, like what would you recommend to other people that want to get more into advocacy and also in music as well? Because I was like, both of those are really vital fields, but I think about, especially given the situation we're in, 
people might be interested yeah. in like, how can they be better advocates? And I was like, oh. Well, I think like a really big, a really big thing to do is just to like find things that you're like for me, for example, it's like, I'm incredibly passionate about like women's health. I'm very, 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 very passionate about um, speaking out against sexism in the music industry. You know, it's like, I kind of found two things that I like really, really cared about. And I sort of decided to like research those things and what organizations help those things and how can I help those organizations, whether it's, I, you know, a couple of years ago, I did a benefit show for Planned Parenthood and donated all the, the proceeds to Planned Parenthood. You know, I awesome. like have made t-shirts for Planned Parenthood and sold and give, given the money to Planned Parenthood. Like we put out pre-sale tickets for this tour and we donated a dollar of every single pre-sale ticket to Planned Parenthood. It's like, I basically just found the things that I felt like I cannot sit back and let this happen with mm -hmm. like, I feel it in my bones when women's health issues get attacked. I'm just like, I will flip a table and punch someone in the face. And it's like, those are not things that I should do. Those are bad for my health. What can I actually do? <laughs> You're like, how can and I metaphorically like, flip a table? <laughs> exactly. And then I'll like, you know, like the internet is, is scary and there's so much on it, but it's also like a really great source for just going and looking up things that you care about and how can you help. And for yes. me, I think that has become something that I like will do until the day that I die is like, how can I help women? How can I help women that need help that don't have the same platform as me that can't say, I'm going to put a benefit show together or sell t-shirts for Planned Parenthood. Like they may not have the same resources that I have. Mm -hmm. So for me, mm -hmm. it's like, I'm going to just do that. And I would suggest that anybody that wants to give back, like, cause at the end of the day too, it's like the best way to get out of your own head is to be of service to other people. Yes. And if you can just like, and whether that means like, volunteering at a Planned Parenthood or even just donating $20 or, you know, going and sitting on a panel, like whatever it is you can do, like that's going to make you feel better to know that you are like giving back in this way. So it sounds so, like identifying a cause that you believe in and then totally. figuring out a way that you and can use the best matches. Way. Yeah. The best matches your platform. Yeah. Cause you're right. Like, totally. you know, it like I think about one of my friends who worked as like um, kind of one of the people that escorts people into Planned Parenthood. Yeah. And like yeah. I admire the heck out of her because I'm like, that is ballsy. Like, especially if you're in a place where no, people are protesting. Totally. And I'm like, those totally. women really appreciate that because it gives them the sense of safety that they need. I'm like, that's badass. Exactly. And it's like I said, it's like when you're being of service to other people, like you don't have a, it's like, it's the best way to get out of your head because you literally can't think about yourself when you're walking somebody else into a, a into a Planned Parenthood, if they may need to go get an abortion, you're not thinking about like, oh, okay, like, what do I have to do later? You're literally like, I want to help get this person in there safely and show them that I support them. Exactly. And that's literally like, the easiest thing, I mean, that might be, that's an intense one for some people. Like some people may not feel like they're, they're like emotionally strong enough to do something like that. And that's okay. Exactly. But it's like just being of help to somebody else or to an organization that you care about or a cause you care about, like allows you to just be in that moment when you're doing that and not think so much about like, oh fuck, I like have to go to the grocery store later. It's like right. you're not thinking about Trader <laughs> Joe's when you're advocating for women's rights, you know? Like exactly. Not. Just, exactly. You're not like, which turtleneck should I get? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then in terms of like music, it's like I think if you really 
like the internet is a blessing and a curse in a way where it's like, there's so much on it, but there's also so many ways in which you can get your shit out there now. And so it's like, whether it's like you create a SoundCloud for yourself or you figure out how to put your music on Spotify or you like organize a local show in your area. Like, I think if you're, if you're really passionate about what you're doing, like you can always find a way to make it happen. I think it's just like people's definition of success is like, I want to be the biggest star in the world. And it's like, you have to lower your expectations. Like you can't come in guns blaring. Like I'm going to be the next Katy Perry. It's like, that's a really hard goal to achieve. I think if you're just like, you know, it's like, for me, I think that at the end of the day, like that's really why all of this happened for me. Because when I started Best Coast, I was just like, oh, okay, I hope this works. Don't really know what's going to happen. <laughs> and, you know, I didn't, I didn't like walk in and say like, I'm making this happen. I think the best things in life happen when you least expect them. And when you just let the universe work exactly the way that it's supposed to. And I know that's like a really kind of a cheesy thing to say. And there's a lot of people that will probably hear that and be like, wait what like how do you do that but it's like I think it's like if you if you care about what you're doing enough just keep doing it and something will happen and that definition of success that you think okay like I my goal is to be on you know the Ellen DeGeneres show it's like again really big goal like why don't you just put it out there and see if like four people like it and that can be your definition of success you know it's like you're the only person that can define what success looks like and define what true happiness looks like for you. So it's like, I think a good, a good lesson in that is really for ourselves to just figure out like, what does that definition of success look like? And how can I, how can I um, achieve that on like a smaller scale? You know, yeah, every part leads up I've been to the that same too. way. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I've been the exact same way before where I'm like watching the Grammys and I'm like, that should be me. And then I'm like, that, that's a really big, that's a huge, that's a huge one. You know, it's like, yes. if that's meant to happen, like it'll fucking happen someday. Like just focus on all the other shit you're doing. Think about all the other stuff <laughs> that you've done. And you know, it's like our egos are really good at telling us some crazy shit, you know? So I think as long as you care about what you're doing enough, like you'll make it happen in one way or another. It just may not look the version that you like think it's supposed to in your head. But as long as you're doing something with it, if you care about it that much, then that's something to like really applaud yourself for. Yeah. Like to get to the Grammys, you have to make music. Like you have to just do the thing. Exactly. And so it's like, I love what you said about like that our egos will trick us. And I was like, uh, 110%. Yeah. It's like, if yeah. you're not just engaged in what you're doing, like if you're too focused on the end goal, you're, you're going to kind of miss the process. Of course. <laughs> like, of course. It's so true. So, and so, so true. You know, having, having it in the back of your mind, like, yeah, I'm going to like, what's that phrase that like, I feel like it's probably crocheted on a pillow somewhere, like shoot for the moon, land in the stars. <laughs> like... Oh yeah, 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 yeah. My friend just said, my friend just said that to me the other night, and I was like, oh my god, I love how I'm obsessed with cheesy quotes like that. I literally am like, I love it. I literally have a let go, let God sticker on my refrigerator, and I'm just like, yep, here I yep. am. This is me. Who You're gives like, a shit? I've arrived. I've arrived. Carve it on a stone. I'll put it on my patio. <laughs> exactly exactly (gasps) yeah because I think that 
that definition of success and also in today's like music climate <clears throat> you can succeed in so many different ways totally. by so many different metrics mm-hmm. that like I think of all of my like all of my friends and like all of us have in a way I guess like quote succeeded in completely different ways yeah yeah and, I know like, my my best friend is like a PhD student and she's like, you know, we couldn't be more different. Our jobs couldn't be more different, but it's like, she'll tell me that she'll be like so excited that she got a grant. And I'm like, that's amazing. Like, that's a huge success for you, you know? And it's like, we're all succeeding. Like everybody is doing something that, that matters and that takes them one step ahead, like every day, you know, it's like, and whether that thing is, especially for people that are really struggling, like whether that thing is like you literally got up and you showered first thing Mm -hmm. in the morning, like that's a success. And I think it's really about acknowledging those things within ourselves and acknowledging the the idea that like we're trying as best as we can. Cause I think when you just float through life, like I'm a fucking loser, I'm a failure. Like then unfortunately that's what, that's what it's going to look like for you. And I know that I can say that I can speak truth to that because that's how I spent a large portion of my life this last decade was Mm -hmm. sulking my way through life and being like, Oh God, I'm pathetic. And that's how I felt. And as soon as my, Mm. my perspective shifted, it really, I saw a huge transformation in myself, you know, and I still struggle with it. I'm a human being. I have a brain. I have an ego. I have all the things that like want to get in the way, but I've like, have learned how to better just harness it back and be like, no, you're good. You're good girl. Like you're doing the best that you can. Right. And it sounds like, it sounds like acknowledging, you know, there are forces around you that might be institutional that are kind of like keeping you down, sure. like how you've been addressing sexism in the music industry. But it sounds sure, like sure. you're saying, hey, like, don't focus on feeling down on yourself because it will blind you in a way to the success that you're totally. having and the joy that yeah, you're having for sure. and like all these good things that are happening. If you're like, you know, just keep your eyes open to that. <laughs> like, Yeah, exactly. You know. You don't have to be yeah. Pollyanna and be like, everything's great, but like, I know, no, because that's a whole idea. other, yeah. yeah, being Pollyanna is a whole other bad thing, you know? <laughs> yeah, like when I see all those signs that are like, good vibes only, I'm like, no, there's also bad vibes, and yeah. like, that's okay, but like, keep your eyes open <laughs> yeah. for the good ones. <laughs> like, yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> oh my goodness. So true. Well, thank you so much for joining me on Why Not Both. Of course. I really appreciate all your time. Of course. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode of Why Not Both, brought to you by Under the Radar. Under the Radar is a nationally distributed print, music, and entertainment magazine and website. You can find them at www.undertheradarmag.com and feel free to support them on Patreon there at patreon.com forward slash under underscore the underscore radar. Thank you again to our producer, Laura Studeris, as well as to our guest, Bethany Costantino. If you like what you hear, please make sure to subscribe to us so you don't miss any episodes and come hang out with us on Instagram and Twitter at WNB the podcast. Hope you have an amazing week and I'll see you next Wednesday. (laughs) 